are a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Well, g'day everybody. My name is Tom. The Matt is on the other end of the line, and this is Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. Yet another week, number eleven, I believe, Maddie. So we've been I think going we've, at this a little while. We we got out of sync last week because I think we said it was episode nine and it was episode eight, or the vice versa. So, but yeah, anyway, there's been, yeah. there's been enough yeah. of them to know yeah. that if you're still listening, you probably don't care what episode number it is because you know that this no. doesn't really run in any kind of order. No, no, no. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's all just gold, gold, gold info that you're going to just um, stew over for hours. It'll, if, you're, if you're lying awake at night, it's probably because we've discussed something so deep and philosophical that you're just trying to get your head around it. And so, or you, uh, well, or you can't get some sort of visual out of your head that you described, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> like just staring at the ceiling, rocking a little bit, hoping it all goes away. It won't. <laughs> I went to bed at 9.30 the other night. Go you. I kid you, not, I kid you not, I got to sleep at 1.30. That is, what did you, I, should I, no, you know what? This is one of the visuals people don't want to hear, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's fill in the blanks, shall we? Oh, no, I was having a rough week and uh, and I was emotionally tired, I think, more than anything else, not physically. I needed to probably go for a run. Jesus, there were times there where I was training for a marathon, and I'm not a runner, by the way. I mean, no way a runner. But but training for a marathon, that kind of says you are. Younger days. No, I just wanted to set myself a challenge, so I thought it would be a good idea. And I would go for runs that would last about that length of time. I could have gone for a nice long 32-kilometre run in that time. Jesus, that would have been more productive than lying in bed for four hours. (laughs) And I probably just would have gotten through like a bottle and a half of wine. (laughs) Oh, no, I did that the other night as well. I I'll said, stuff this, if I can't get to sleep from not drinking alcohol, I'll just uh, hit the red and I had a really nice bottle of red. It was Ooh. great. Ooh. You, know, one of the, you know, I had one of those nights where I poured myself a wine and that tasted good and then I poured myself another wine and that tasted very good and then by the end of the night, the bottle had gone. It's like, hold on, what happened there? Well, I only had three glasses. They were reasonably sized glasses that is- i'm actually you'll relate to this i've got one of these I, sh- I should i should this is this would be a good christmas present for you there you go this is a surprise for you matt i'm going to buy you this christmas present okay, Great i'll block my ears oh yeah okay, one, okay, two, three go <laughs> Well, that'll be that'll make for great podcasting. Have you finished yet, so, Matt? What do you Have think you... of that? Like, do you like that uh, Christmas gift suggestion? What do you think? Yeah, no, I've got one of those really sexy. It's like an Alessi. Do you know Alessi that um, that really sexy uh, kitchenware products? Isn't Alessi? You know, they make isn't it... that the the thing that um the Amazon person that doesn't like is it? Hey, Alessi, and then it's like <laughs> that's scary. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alessi, A L E S I. The podcasters who uh, who who you know are into their finer things in life may well know. They they make you know they they like think of them as the apple. Yeah, that's good. It's like the apple of kitchenware. They kind of like they've taken like a garlic crusher and make it look sexy. You know wow. what I mean? I love like a industrial crusher. design is probably their forte. So I've got a copy of their wine carafe that looks like a swan. Ooh. It's that's the best way to describe it. it. Looks like a beautiful swan. Anyway, um, 
often when I'm opening a red, I won't drink the whole thing in one night. So I'll pour the whole bottle of red into this, you know, carafe to let it breathe. And then um, it's just too easy to pour out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It pours too easily. Especially when it's like a swan. It'd be like, <laughs> hey, make the swan drink again. <laughs> You're so right. The act of holding this and then pouring it is just glorious. It's, 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 it's almost as good as drinking the wine itself. And so I think that's where it, it, it has me get I'm unstuck with that, you know. So um, anyway, I don't know why we got onto that topic. Yeah. Uh, yes, the, the, the wine thing works well. If, well, not always. We're not advocating that you drink lots of alcohol in order to help you sleep. Um, but nonetheless, it was a good drop. Yeah, yeah there you Thanks. go. Yeah, right, there you go. Um, well, what have you been up to, young Matt? Me this week. Oh, gosh. This week's actually been yeah. – I, I was sort of expecting – So I sorry, expecting. I planned to have a week off after BFOP. Um, and then, uh, you know, there was the whole loading the recordings up and then that was like, oh, cool, I'll have a stop after that. But of course, in that week was the week I said to everyone, I'm taking a week off and then I'll be available the week after. And so this week has just been um, a bit flat stick catching up on some online workshop stuff. And I am now currently um, working on uh, website projects, actually, of all things, building um, new website and marketing interfaces for people. Oh, for yourself or for other no, people? No, this is for some of my clients. So, so I do when I do my photography oh. for commercial or not commercial, commercial sound. I hate the word commercial. Anyway, but the um for my my, my business, valued clients, my business clients, um, right. quite often I will uh, take on a bit more than the photography. So I will do photography, marketing, and website, and that way I can actually you sort of work all those pieces of the puzzle together. So you know, yeah. if you're there's no point in just getting photos and then kind of just whacking them up there as you know seven megabytes each. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I go through and, and do an overhaul on their marketing. Wow, you've got a few strings to your bow, then, haven't you? Well, no, I've got just... a, I've got two, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> not just the most awesome dad in the world, the best partner to a gorgeous girl in Laura, um, then the best looking guy in you know. Not I'm not saying this. This you is what say, other you could say. All the land, but you know, the, the, yeah, all the land old. sounds old. And then, and then you you're a photographer. And then you do web design and then you do video. So you know how to edit video using Premiere or one of those things, do you? You know, I do a lot of that. But the, the thing is that you've just described. You're a, you're a triple threat. You're, you're what we call a triple threat. Do you know what that means? It means no matter what people challenge you to do, you'll be able to beat them at doing it. You no, might say. definitely not. You just, I, might, I might say to you, I'm a great landscape photographer. Come on, Matt. I'll challenge you to a photo shoot. And then the next thing you know, you've just trumped me. How do you, know? you do and that? And then I go, all right, well, let's do, um, let's do some, uh, you know, video editing or some drone. Let's do some drone video. Let's see who's better at that. And then all of a sudden you just smash me, you know? My question just, though is, hold on, if you're doing a, if you challenge someone to a photo shoot, please tell me this is where you stand back to back, take 10 paces, and then you have to take the best shot. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or try and throw your cameras to each other. You hold my camera. I hold your camera. We take 10 paces. Then we've got to throw the camera to one another and then you've got to catch it and take the photo and whoever takes the best and first shot wins. I feel as though there'd be a lot of people accidentally dropping the other person's camera. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm a really bad throw, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yes, yeah, yeah, particularly if we've had a few drinks, a few beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but no, that's been so, keeping me very busy. So, um, yeah, which is, a well, good, you know, again, a good problem to have in a time like this. So, uh, yeah. It's good to stay busy and productive, 100%. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But a big thing that I'm working on at the moment, which is way off topic, I know we do have a topic to discuss today, <laughs> is, is all about moving the needle. Have you heard that? No, this is actually ties in really well with our topic, actually. Does it? We could make this. <laughs> I'm going to say it, Will. <laughs> when I, when I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it tie in. I'm going to draw this massive long bow. Um, so moving the needle, stuff you do in life, regardless of whether it's us working on our careers in photography or anything else that you do in life, making sure that it, it's, it's, the, it's the most amount, most efficient. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I could tinker on my website to make it look fantastic so right. that when people jump onto the website, they have a great experience. But unless people know the website's there in the first place, What's the point of tinkering with it until it looks amazing, yet nobody knows about it? You hear what I'm saying? I, if the ultimate yeah. goal of the website is to sell artwork, let's let's bring it into context. If the ultimate goal of my website is to sell workshops and to sell artwork, and yet I'm not marketing that website, what's the point of me having it look amazing? So this is true. Um, at, focusing yeah. on the big picture and the purpose. Right. Do you see okay. how that fits into today's topic or not? I yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm definitely clutching at a couple of the straws you, that are in the basket. You needed, you needed a few more beers before you jumped on this podcast. I then. know this I got think. all deep and philosophical. I'm, I'm making sense, and I don't think you are. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I don't make sense <laughs> much of the time, to be honest. I just say the words that come to my brain, and then hopefully people remember them. You know, Laura the other day, in fact, said to me, she she asked me a oh she. Oh, she was asking she me a question. Said she, she said, is there, is there something going on between you and Tom? You're spending a lot of time together. <laughs> she asked me a question that I just answered. And I said, what? And Or, or I, I said something back to her. And she's like, did you even listen to me? And I said, well, I, I do. It's just that because I'm, like, I feel like I deal with a lot of information in my day, like coming in and out constantly, I deal with the question you ask me on the spot. I give an answer and then I kind of flush out that question. Like I don't need to think about your question anymore or the piece of information yeah. you gave me. I dealt with it and now it's gone and now I'm on to the next right. thing. So my memory is absolutely bloody shocking, but it doesn't yes. mean I didn't think about what I was saying in the first place. It's just that I don't have a reason to remember it. I've got a reason to remember right. other things. So right. yeah, so anyway. On. Yeah, yeah, your yeah. attention span is quite short, it sounds. That's right. So apparently we have true? a topic today. <laughs> <laughs> because I had just to relate to what you're saying there, I have the issue with Mary in a sense that and and you know, Mary and I have known each other ten years, right? But she used to well, probably no, not not too much, drive me bonkers <laughs> in a sense that um, you know, like at, at the end of the day, if we weren't working together and if I if if she rang me and said, How was your day? I'd go, Yeah, it was pretty good. I got a couple of, you know, things done, which was great. She'd go, Oh yeah, what was that? Oh, well, you know. Worked on my website, caught up with my emails. That's about it. She go, oh, good, great. And I go, so how was your day, babe? And then she go, well, I woke at about six thirty, and then um, I didn't know whether I should sleep in or not. So, look, I, I checked my Facebook, and then um, I was going through and replying to a few comments. You get my drift. She goes through minute by minute what the day's about. Oh my god! And it would sometimes take an hour for her to describe her day. The Which fact is that you stuck around at that point, I, that, that's, I commend you for that because I just feel just like, look. amazing detail, cut but to the she's shade. a detailed person, whereas I'm a big picture. So mm. she knows that if she asks me a question, I'll generally give the overview. And then if she needs the detail, which she absolutely wants, she has to then probe. And then I might remember 
what I've done. And, <laughs> please, and her. please tell me but that then, I'm reading into that correctly. That if she wants to know something, she needs to know the right spot to probe and then tell me. <laughs> she, needs, she needs to know how to press my button. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Sorry. Whereas, whereas for me, like she can start with her day and I'm like, I'm like 30 seconds in tuning out and I'm not, I'm not being rude. It's just that I just, I need the whole big picture thing. And then if I want the detail, I'll ask for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, it does. And you're right. Now that you, now that you've sort of said it about four times, I am starting to see how this ties into our topic today. <laughs> oh God. I know. Because the topic today was posed by one of our wonderful members on our uh, Facebook group, which yeah. if you're not a member, jump on board, just search for Matt and Tom's excellent podcast on the Facebook groups. And they, I'm not sure who posed this in particular, but they said, as a relative newbie, I'm often told to practice, practice, practice. Yet I've also heard that if you take your time and assess the situation, let's say in a landscape setting, carefully pick your shot, you shouldn't need to take heaps and you'll get a better image. Mm. So maybe to discuss this, this person's asked, keep up the good work, love Tom more than Matt, Cheers, thanks. No, I made up that last bit. The cheers, thanks bit? or (laughs) (laughs) Totally made that cheers up. They said, stick it up your bum. So, um, no, they weren't that rude. So, this this is all about, I guess, you lead off. Come on, Matt, you lead off. Lead me off as we go down this journey of discovery. So, I I don't know. I I don't really know how to approach this without, um, like, someone's always going to be upset with whatever approach you take because I think there's two types of photographers and I think it kind of does tie into what you were saying about Mary's a details person, you're a big picture person mm-hmm. and everyone learns differently. So I think that it's kind of hard to generalize because there are some people mm-hmm. out there who, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if they took one approach or the other, it's going to suit them better. So I think we, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that there's a right way to be a cookie cutter approach here, do we? No. We want to tailor the answer for everybody out there. That's it. So if everyone wants to specifically detail their needs, um, no, I think that the, to me, I think um, I like the idea of sort of being calculated and I also like the idea of practice, 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 but I think that, that you can kind of mix them both. To me, I feel as though, um, when I think about that precision aspect, I feel as though the, the immediate picture comes to mind is someone standing there with their camera um, at a sunrise, brand new to photography, trying to work out how to shoot it in manual mode, looking up charts and hyperfocal distances, and they'll have their manual next to them. And it's going to get really, really quite convoluted really quickly because photography isn't a tech. I mean, it's got technical stuff to it, but it's, I don't think by its nature, it's more technical than it is creative. And I think creativity doesn't come down to that kind of precision. Um, but then on the other hand, you could look at the other, the, the, should I just practice, practice, practice? And that can also be fruitless. Like if you just go and say like, I don't know, I'll give you an example. Um, like I am really crap at playing the guitar. Like I just, I'm rubbish at it. And practice, practice, practice is not going to work for me with a guitar because if you don't have some sense of what you're doing in the first place, you are just like plucking away and it sounds rubbish. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of got to mix those two, I think, with, um, mm. yeah, carefully mix I hear, them. I hear what you're saying because to me what I'm hearing from what you're saying there is that you need to um, perhaps look at what area of photography you're most passionate about in learning do some reading on that and then go out and practice that one particular 
tasks that you're looking to, you know, um, not perfect. I shouldn't say perfect because perfection is is almost impossible in a creative sense, isn't it? In a creative field. Well, um, I mean, you, you, tell, you tell me, Mister Competitions. <laughs> <laughs> just because you do well in a competition doesn't mean you're the perfect photographer. Just means that you happen to have done well or bribed the judges, one or the other. Um, but I think you know, it's when I was starting out in photography, it was a lot about me needing to learn about what the different shutter speeds would mean to my photographs. Like what is the appropriate shutter speed to use when things are moving fast versus when shutter isn't shutter speed isn't so much of a consideration where it might be more aperture and depth of field. So like what what like how does that work? You know? What what do those numbers mean? So you go out and you practice that. I remember one of the first times hiring a pro lens before I could afford to even buy one and buying or hiring one of those um, Canon 70 to 200 mil f2.8. And this was the first time I'd had a 2.8 lens in my hands. So I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was just bloody loving it. And I went out in the front garden. I stood on a 45 degree angle to a small row of hedges in the garden, like those little English box hedges. And I, I think it must have had a tripod and I locked the camera off. And I just went through all the different apertures. And mind you, this was, I'm showing my age, this was pre-digital. And shot at f2.8, f4, f5.6, f8, f11, f16, f22, etc. I must have seen this in a photo mag because it was a boring subject. And yet what I was trying to do was see how the, the different numbers created, obviously, what was in focus and what wasn't. And then that helped me understand that whole concept. Because you can look at it in a magazine, like anything, you can read about it, but then actually going about doing it is a different story altogether. And so I think uh, reading about something, learning about something requires practice so, in order to, to master that skill. So do you think that then, like if we, if you, if we try to like pick up photography and translate it into something a little different that people can maybe relate to more? Because photography, as you say, it's like, there's lots of technical skills in it and that you need to pull together and then you need to pull them together in a creative environment. If you look at it from like a sports perspective, the way I see it is that, um, you know, if you want to get, um, you know, you want to just get fit, for instance, um, you're going to do different types of training to achieve that and you're going to do some really honed in training to work on particular muscle groups potentially. Mm. Um, but then there's going to be this general kind of, you know what, I do some cardio and cardio to me is kind of the, it's like the blunt vert, the blunt part of training where, um, and it's not, I'm not saying this from experience, by the way, I have no gym experience, but like, Maddie, not only is a triple threat in the photography world, but also as an athlete, no, he's on, just, just unbelievable. Let me put my Twinkie down. Hold on. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you think about Twinkie, like, that's very American. I know, oh, right. Oh, but they are Tim delicious. Tam, delicious. Tim Tam, Tim Tam. But, but you go, you go with training, um, you know, if you if you go to gym and you do a personal training session, they'll, they'll do like cardio and then it's leg or arm or back day or whatever. And it's like the cardio part always seems to be the bit that's a bit wishy-washy. Like, I don't really care what you do. Do some stepper, do some jogging, do some rowing. Doesn't really matter. That's just cardio. And then you'll do more specialized things to work on specialized parts. And I think that in photography, it's a bit the same, like getting out there and just doing it and seeing things is the cardio part. Yeah. But then there is value in kind of going, all right, 
what do I need to work on here? Like if I'm a sports photographer, I'm going to want to work yes. on probably some shutter speed stuff more than anything. Or yeah. if, I'm a, if I'm a landscape photographer, I'm probably going to need to to work out, you know, depth of field before I worry more about shutter speed. Because if you're on a tripod, yeah. unless you're deliberately going out there with long exposures, eh, it kind of mm. doesn't really matter that much. So I feel as though that the question, oh, it's, it's going to be personal Definitely. And you want to do those little exercises. But I also, sometimes I get fearful when I hear people talking about the way they're learning photography because no. they oh talk. God, you're lying awake at night wondering about this. That's, that's yeah. a pretty strong word. Fearful. Well, fearful, yeah. God, fear for somebody's life as opposed to their photography. But anyway, in, in an industry that's shrinking so quickly, I kind of get fearful. If we lose one of them, we're fucked. So <laughs> <laughs> we can bleep well, that, right? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, but, but I go, um, you know, I, I, as an example, right? So um, I'll give you an example of a phone call I had uh, yesterday afternoon with one of my students who has been with me for a long time. She actually does a really great job. Her photography is, is has improved leaps and bounds, not necessarily just because of our sessions, but she's just practiced and she's really improved. But we would, um, she was doing quite a specialized um, type of photography. I'm going to just label it as product photography. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, was having some issues with depth of field, right? right? So these photos were coming out not as sharp um, as what she'd like, which was fair enough because I was even surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a second, what? And she was shooting mm. these shots at F11 mm-hmm. on a tripod with good lighting um, mm-hmm. and using a decent lens. I'm like, what is going Like F11, I would have even expected to get more depth of field, but she was only getting like an inch of depth of field in the shot. Right. And it was due to the proximity she was to the fo- to the to the subject, mm. as well as the telephoto lens she was using. Um, mix that up, obviously, with an f eleven on a full frame camera, and it ends up with a shallow depth of field. And yep. so I get fearful because if you read, um, if you if you approach it in a really complicated way and say there's a thousand moving parts, it's too big a problem to fix. But if you also approach it from the simple um, approach of oh well, depth of field is aperture then you're going to find you're in situations where suddenly the theory doesn't make sense because it's not just aperture. It is a thousand moving parts. And so you've got to be a little bit more, you've got to be a little bit fluid. And that's where that kind of that, um, the, you know, the cardio aspect comes into it. Just go out there and shoot heaps of stuff. And over time, you'll get a feel for what F8 looks like. You get a feel for what F11 looks like in different situations. Whereas if you go mm. out there and be too deliberate about your practice, odds are at the very beginning, you're also missing like 80% of the story. And so you'll make, you, you'll end up drawing assumptions that aren't necessarily always true. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? I've had a couple of beers. So. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does make sense. Look, I think, I think you're right. You've got to do both. And I think that if I was to lean towards one rather than the other, it'd have to be around practice. Yeah, I definitely. think you can't get enough practice. 10,000 yeah, the hours, the they say. Yeah, that's right. There was, there was, you did think about that guy who he was a professional photographer and then he decided he was going to try and become a professional golfer by doing the 10,000 hours? No. He was that sort of famous case. Did he win? Yeah, I must look him up. I'm not sure. I had an interview on him few years ago and and you know it's like that whole ten thousand hours and then all of a sudden oh i can relate to that because this guy's actually a photographer transitioning into <laughs> golf that's weird um but you know if if nothing else i think you become good at something because you practice it a lot and and with photography it's it's there's so many variables and there's so much to learn and that's not a bad thing that's like kept me 
passionate about photography for so many years is that if I if it was a matter of like picking the camera up and then within 12 months you were an expert at it I, I would have dropped it years ago because it would have been a challenge for me anymore to to you know every time you go out and photograph every time I go out and photograph it's a new challenge it's a new challenge whether it be the art of seeing a photograph in the first place and going wandering into the bush well, and that saying, sounds, right. that, that sounds like a, a good ebook the art of seeing a photograph <laughs> Just, just don't steal that idea. Come on. Um, the the idea of walking into the bush and saying, right, okay, nothing's jumping out of me, but then maybe I need to look a little harder, you know, so therefore I'm going to practice my art of seeing a photograph. You know, maybe I need to set myself a goal of looking for macro photographs today rather than the big picture stuff. Maybe I'll use one particular lens and practice with this lens because I haven't used it a lot and I really need to get to know the lens better in order to be able to get better shots with it. Maybe I need to practice more about um, depth of field, so therefore I'm going to shoot on f2.8 today and I'm going to choose my subjects based on that aperture. You know, all those little challenges you can accept, you can challenge yourself to, mean that um, you're hopefully over time memorising that well enough that you can draw on that. It's kind of like you're adding books to a bookcase. Let's use that little analogy. If you, when you're starting out of photography, your bookcase is empty, but then as you come to learn certain skills, shutter speed, aperture, what ISO means, um, you know, focal lengths and uh, all that sort of stuff, you're adding those books to the bookcase and therefore when you need to draw on that skill, you can pull that book out of the bookcase and, and have a quick read through the book and go, oh, yeah, I remember how to do this. I remember the last time that I had to shoot, you know, birds and I remember I had to use a fast shutter speed and a shallow depth of field and blah, 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 blah. You know, you're referencing those times that you've learned that skill but also made those mistakes. And I'm one of those personality types I hate making mistakes. I just love to sail through life getting everything right. And yet that obviously never happens. But <laughs> When you chose the, photography as a career, it's like... And well, I chose well, photography <laughs> as a career. Like, <laughs> shit. Um, so, you know... There were many times in my career where I wanted to give it up, so to speak, because I just felt I was not getting anywhere and making the same mistakes. And particularly with film, you'd have to sort of shoot a roll of film. It might be a month or two before you finish that roll of film. You'd put it in at the processing lab. You'd get it back, you know, a week or so later maybe or a few days later and then you'd have to remember what you did wrong because you're looking at the film. You're so excited about getting it back only to look at it and realise that you'd stuffed up, you know, half the role, if not more. Yeah. And so that learning lesson or that learning curve was quite not as steep as perhaps I would have wanted it to be because I wanted to learn quick and fast and not make those mistakes and, and move on. And yet um, technology probably didn't even allow it really. Uh, but I think the, the more you practice, hopefully the more mistakes you make, but then the next time you go out and shoot, you'll be remembering those mistakes you made and then hopefully avoid making those mistakes again. So is Does it, that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I guess like um, I don't want to say as a conclusion because we've still got time left, but <laughs> but is it like just to, to, to draw yeah. those ideas together, I think um, maybe the idea of going out just for practice for the sake of practice is a really good thing because it's going to put you through more of those situations, more situations, more books on your shelf. Yeah. But equally rather than just going out and practicing for the sake of practice with absolutely no direction, it's mm. about going out with um, or sometimes just trying to find a project to achieve 
And yep. so you might have to just do a lot of blunt, boring trial and error practice to get to that project, but at least you know what the end result looks like. Whereas if you just keep doing bad practice and just photographing whatever, whenever, because, and not really knowing what you were trying to achieve, then you can never really look back and be critical or not critical, but, but well, yeah, critical, I guess, but you can't critique your, your mm. shoot because you get back and you go, was that good or was that bad? And you go, well, I didn't set out to achieve anything in the first place. So therefore it could be good or bad. Whereas mm. if you said, look, I'm going out because I, today, you know, I'm really, really keen to make sure I don't care about my depth of field, but the thing that is in focus, it needs to be just absolutely bloody tack sharp. And if you get home and you go, wow, look at all the detail in that. Well, cool. You've achieved something and you can sort yeah. of attribute that to, to one of the skills you learned. Whereas, you know, I, I, cause I kind of, as I said at the start, like I get this, this vision of someone going out there and just putting their camera on like auto mode and just like 14 frames a second capturing their life as practice for the sake of practice, hoping they get better. And it's like, well, if you don't know what you're trying to achieve in the, as an end goal, well, you can't really, um, you can't be hard on yourself. You can't judge what you did. You can't improve on what you did because it's all completely up to chance. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no purpose, is there? Yeah. I think you've got to shoot with purpose. And, and that you'll, you'll start out, you know, that's probably a nice little infograph. You've surely got an infograph on this, Matt. I don't do where... infographs. Way too much oh. detail. Really? Okay. Well, it's just too hard for me, really. Yeah. That'd be right up your alley. Um, the idea of when you start out in photography, really, what you should be trying to do is um, get that technical side down, where you, you're laying that foundation so that you understand shutter speed, aperture, and ISO. And then, you know, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, we need food and shelter first. And then we go through those different stages till eventually we reach self-actualization you know the the pinnacle of the human existence but um you know in photography it's like you know you need to learn the shutter speed the iso and the aperture and then from there you might move on to um capturing light and then you might move on to composition or probably composition before the light all that sort of stuff you know what i mean you're kind of like stepping up the rungs of a ladder mm. and and people are different people are at different rungs of the ladder there are different stages of learning you and I are different than where we first started out. Yeah, you would you would hope. You'd hope, you'd hope. <laughs> but that's that said though, like I might argue otherwise. <laughs> but anyway, don't discount as well. Though. I'd say don't discount how much. Um, at the end of the day, like photography, you can enjoy it for multiple reasons. One of them is you can enjoy the result of it. So you might mm. go, "I like good pictures on my wall. Awesome, cool." Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people might go, "Look, I don't really care about what I have at the end of the day. I just love getting out there and doing it." Yeah, it was a motivator for me to get out of the house and see something and, and appreciate yeah. it and inspect it or visualize it in a different way. But um, I, I think now you're moving on to a different topic altogether, no, which I is know. a great topic, by the way. Which is like, <laughs> what's your purpose in photography in the first place? Well, I was about to, I'm going to ask you that in a second, so stop spoiling it. Sorry, <laughs> spoiler alert. But the I guess in the in, is is this part though? I feel like. Um, Oh, now, see, now you're throwing me for a six. Jeez. Um, I interrupted and you I did. screwed you really, up your thought oh, process. Like you're on a roll. roll. I was on a roll. Uh, uh, oh, no, you're talking, you're talking about the, the, sorry, the needs. Right. So at the end of the day, like depending on what your purpose is, I think sometimes the, the, um, the importance of those different needs change. Um, and, and I say that from a place that, so the way I teach photography um, in my workshops is around you learn what you learn the the or you, you not learn but maybe you use settings on a needs basis. 
So as an example, it's all good and well on day one to say, look, I need to learn manual settings um, because then I've got a good technical background and I understand what's going on and now I, then I can go out and learn. But that can be very difficult for a lot of people. It can be very demotivating for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and I think also for a lot of people, there'll never be a need for them to shoot in manual mode. And, you know, using your very expensive camera that's been designed by very smart people to have very incredible algorithms um, to, to assist with settings, sometimes you, you can actually lean on your camera a little bit. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, mm. sort of going like, let's say in a landscape, as an example, if you're not really worried about shutter speed because you're sitting on a tripod and this, you know, you're not particularly worried about shutter speed because nothing's moving or you don't care about the movement, there's no real need to be really across shutter speed. You know, you can be an aperture priority as an example. Yeah. And so, yeah. and then the reality is that if you're using a, not to rag on small sensor cameras, cause it doesn't, it's got their benefits as well. But if you were using a smaller sensor camera, and you're in a relatively wide landscape, odds are depth of field's probably not going to be an issue either. You could use program mode almost. As long as you get your exposure right, things are going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so um, I like the idea of learning in rungs and things. If you're a very dedicated, I want to learn this through and through and very thoroughly in the long run. But I also think it's important to recognize that some people, um, the goal in what they do for photography, yes, it's about getting nice photographs, but a lot of it's about maybe spending time with people or mm. socials and stuff. And in which case, yeah. maybe you're better off actually focusing more on how can I be creative and look at things differently because that's got a social aspect, whereas maybe the the settings or the technical stuff doesn't. So if you can get away without that and you still achieve what you want, well, you know, power to you. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I think you've got to look at what your purpose is for, for photographing and not lose sight of that either because it can be. Um, demotivating if you're getting caught up in all the technical aspects of it when really you don't care what whether it's technically correct or not I think I'm just rehashing what you're saying it's it's more just you enjoy being outdoors yeah and a camera is a way of recording that so you know I've got a question for you then this is this is an unscripted deep question oh but you'll probably find it quite easy to answer I think I think anyway Mm. Mm. So, if you, I don't like the thing. It's too taxing. If you went out photographing, like let's just say tomorrow you went out, and maybe not tomorrow because you'd be like, because it's just so exciting after a long time. But let's just say it's a regular time, not lo- not locked down. You go out shooting regularly. Um, mm. If you got back and you didn't have a photograph that was kind of one that got you excited to get into the edit and thought that there was potential in it as a print for the gallery or for your website that is forever being built or whatever it is, would you or would part of you think that that was a wasted time? Honestly. Hmm, I probably lean towards more yes than no because I treat my photography as a job. And that's not a bad word to use. The whole job thing isn't a bad word to use because that's my choice and I, I think – the other day I was reading a great um, book called Don't Be a Starving Artist by an artist called Wyland. He does all of those underwater nature paintings. He's very well known in the US. He's got galleries everywhere apparently. Right. He was talking about the fact that the fact that we have a hobby that is our career is we've made it already. You know, he's basically saying how good is that? You know, don't discount that at any point. So the <laughs> fact that I'm doing something that, I absolutely love and wouldn't want to do anything else is is a joy, you know, is a gift. Is it not a gift? It's a it's a sort of like, you know, you've ticked the boxes. 
course, there's things that I would like to have a little different to what they are now. But in the past, I would probably go out and say, every time I want to go out and shoot, I want to get one decent shot. Yeah. Whereas for me now, I find the whole idea of going out and shooting, there's two things that I have in mind now. One is that it's about the process rather than about the destination. It's about me getting out, you know, and enjoying the environment, not necessarily coming back with a killer shot. That's, I think, the icing on the cake. That's a bonus because if you asked, actually, when I opened the gallery, I wrote a little bio to put on the wall and Mary read it and she said, yeah, it's missing something. It needs your why. And I said, what do you mean my why? And she said, why, why is it that you photograph? And I said, because I like creating pretty pictures. And she said, yeah, I know that, but it's, it's more than that. It's deeper than that. What is it all about? And it took me ages to understand what it was. And to me, the photography side of it was more about me just being out there, you know, like it was, it was, I'd love, you know, I want my camera in my hand. I want to be able to record that moment hundred percent and creating a piece of art is greatest expression perhaps of who I am. Right. But the idea of just being out and about in the first place is the number one, you know, tick that box. That's why I'm out there, you know? And so, but at the start though, you said yes. So maybe I maybe I worded the question wrong. So you don't, you wouldn't you wouldn't come back and think that that was a waste of time. You would see, I would you would see a lot of value in the fact that you were out there in the first place. I would I would like to think that it would result in a great photograph. However, I'm in the stage now where I probably don't need to take any more photographs. In a sense that, you know, I don't need to. I'm always needing to go out there and practice because I think any sort of artistic skill needs you, you've got to keep up your practicing. But by the same token, I'm not going out to shoot just for the sake of shooting. Yeah. I'm not going to go out there and go, do you know what? I'm out here. I better come home with a shot. Otherwise, it's been a waste of time. Right. I'm totally contradicting myself, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but like, you know I don't know. It challenges me to want to get out there and actually find a shot rather than perhaps saying, oh, there's nothing really happening today, the light's no good, or oh, I should have gone here rather than there. Yeah. That's me saying, well, let's just try and find the silver lining here. There's a reason why. Oh, uh, okay. And, so well, that's that's and, a bit different, isn't it? Because you're coming back with a learning and a photo. Which, yeah, yeah, I've come back with a learning, you know. And the other thing I'm, I'm really wanting to do is make sure that I just don't shoot rubbish. Mm. Because I think, you know, when you've been going at it for so long, there's just no point. I think, it, you know, there's that old saying, you don't need to be the best, you just need to be better than you were yesterday type thing. Like you want to you be able to create something that you can hang your hat on, that you can proudly put on your website or on social media and say, wow, look what I got today. Not, oh, well, I went down the beach and here's another shot that I've got, you know, many times before. Yeah. Hmm. Matt's totally tuned out. No, I haven't at He's all. Totally... <laughs> sorry, mate. Oh, wait. Sorry, sorry, Tom. I'm just on the phone. Sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Nick, Nick, Nick collected. No, I, I completely get that. And um, yeah, it's interesting because I think that's it's, it's it, what you've sort of, in a way, I think spelled out though for people is 
um, when it comes to learning photography, no, you'll never stop learning. But when you get to a certain point, um, the, I think the idea of going out there with precision purpose and, um, and whatnot is really ultra important. And I would probably agree with you that I don't, like as an example, I, I don't take my camera out of the bag as often as I used to. Not because I'm not, I don't care about it. It's just that I kind of know if something's not going to work, I can be pretty confident going, look, this is not what I expected. I'm going to do something else because I'm going to come home with something I'm not going to be proud of. Yeah, Yeah, that's all right. And I'm wearing the same. I'm actually challenged going, cutting it. No, I was going to say, whereas when I was learning it, because like in my Lightroom catalog, I've got all, well, I'm slowly deleting, but like a lot of my photos from, you know, 15 years ago where I used to go up to like, we'd go to like Castle Maine for the day with just a couple of friends to with a camera and we'd go and take pictures around town and like of little flea markets, just like for fun. And I look at it now going, Matt, what the hell were you doing? Those photos are not really that exciting or interesting. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but that was the point was that we actually just enjoyed it for what it was yeah. and it probably put me in really good stead because you take a thousand photos, you're going to learn something from it. Yeah. Whereas these days, you as you start to. to refine your skills a bit, um, there's less to learn from that blunt kind of, I'm going to get out there and just do a 10K run for the sake of it. you know. Yeah. And now it's about sort of the fine tuning, getting the two percenters here and there. And you know yeah. the situations where you're going to get that improvement and the ones where you go, no, this is just not going to work. Yeah. Hundred percent, and you know, I think as a as a photographer, regardless of whether you're doing it professionally or not, you should be looking back on the photographs you took even twelve months ago. But particularly if you've been going out at a while, you should probably look back and go, "Yeah, I'm, I, they were a bit rubbish," or "I wasn't, I'm not, I was excited about those at the time, but now I'm not," because that shows you're evolving as an artist, you're mm-hmm. evolving as a creative photographer to be able to say, "Do you know what I?" I used to enjoy shooting everything, but now I enjoy just shooting, you know, macro. And so um, here, uh, you know, I find this far more artistic than the stuff I used to shoot. And you I, know what I mean? We do a whole... You've so developing your eye. Yeah, absolutely. I do a whole module on that. So I've got like a mastering manual online course thing that I do, like a live one now. And mm. the entire last week of that is actually going and picking out five photos from your back catalogue that you really like. So... They're photos that you go, no, that was like one of my favorites from, you know, however many years ago and actually analyzing it now that you've got a knowledge of your settings and saying, not saying I don't like this photo, it sucks now that I know stuff. It's more about saying, well, um, I like this photograph, but now that I know about settings, what balance could I change to have made an improvement? And if you go, I wouldn't change a thing, great, why not? And I think that that reflection exercise is is one of the most powerful things because it's almost like um that affirmation that you understand i think sometimes you can get photos and you have nothing to do with the settings you're like oh that really worked out woo awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but when you reflect back on them it does make you sort of stop and go hold on to in order to analyze it you do need to understand what you're talking about and it sort of proves to you that you do know what you're talking about and i think that's quite powerful as well because that can be a big confidence builder for the next time you're out and about yep 100 percent. yeah we managed to stretch it out for 45 minutes. <laughs> and at, like, at the 10-minute mark, we were both like, in conclusion. <laughs> Is there anybody still listening? No. <laughs> well, thanks for that. That got pretty deep, man. Oh, I like, did. I think, wow. Shake it I off. I need to go and have a lie down. Yeah. Wow. Shake it yeah. off. Don't listen to this if you are uh, driving no. or running anywhere because otherwise you might, you might have an accident. You might find yourself... Um, focused hey like focused. one Just track going deep 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 that's awesome matt so um thanks for the catch up and 
I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about in the next podcast, but Ooh, hey. I reckon, yeah, so we've covered the purpose yeah. thing now, haven't we? It's exciting. Well, it on what, Facebook group. People like. could put it in the group. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah, put it in the group. Tell us what you'd like us to chat about. Otherwise, we'll just keep rambling on with other stuff. Yeah. Which is fine too. All righty, let's wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been yet another amazing episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. We look forward to catching you next time. Catch you later, guys. Bye.